Appreciated one wedding ceremony in my life. I hope I get to do another one. That's a that's a nice time. I look forward to preaching the the funeral of a believer. That's a good time. I've been told that it's better to preach the funerals of unbelievers. In my experience, that's not on my end. It's not better. I want to rejoice. I'll be happy. I got to thinking, I was like, ah, it may be, Lord may not be pleased to allow me to preach another wedding, but I do every time I get up here. I'm going to preach a wedding this morning. I'm going to tell you about weddings, and I pray God will reveal himself to his bride. We do everything backwards in this world. A bride has a veil over her face, and she reveals herself to the husband. Our husbandman has a veil for his face. We don't, he sees us. We don't see him until he reveals himself to us. Maybe God will save somebody in this room this morning. I pray so. I earnestly pray so. I do. I'm going to preach on marriage a little bit. And this will either get me in a doghouse or get me out of the doghouse. I don't know. And I always tell you, everything's systemic. That means it's the same throughout, right? And so the pictures and types that we have in a home, husband and a wife and children, how that works is a, is a picture and a type of how that works in a local assembly. You've got a pastor and you've got a congregation and life is born. Life comes through this. That's how God makes babies. <laughs> you can be on TV and I can, I can Zoom with Kimberly as much as I want where I'm not going to have a child. It's in person, isn't it? But that's the same as it is in a home. That's the same as it is in a local assembly. And that's the same as it is in the church throughout time. The Lord comes to his people. He draws them near. He weds himself to them. A kinsman redeemer who's related to us and able to redeem. It's lawful to redeem. That's why I'm going to preach. I'm going to tell you the truth according to the scriptures. And that may get me in or out of the doghouse at home. That may get me in or out of the doghouse in this local assembly. And that may get me, if I was to lie on God, I'll tell you what kind of eternal doghouse that's going to be. There's, fair, or, uh, well, Pharisees, uh, heresies in this nation and around this world that whenever people die, they're just, they're just that's it. Worm food, lots out. That's a lie. It ain't biblical. Heretics preach such things. And, and their denominations and those that follow them are, believe such things. It's horrible. Somebody's got to tell them. But why do people get married? This has been such a blessing to me. Why do faithful pastors ask why? Somebody brought that to my attention. I got to thinking a lot about that the last couple of weeks. It's all them grace preachers, they always say, why? Barnard, you say, I want to help you if you'll let me. Will you let me? I want to help you. I want to ask these questions, why? And that's, that's to provoke thought. That's to prime the mind. Teaching and, and praying that the Lord will use it not to just give you knowledge so you can go to war with somebody out in the street and be right, but not just something I've heard that. That gives me a lot to think about. I hope that gives you someone to bow to. 
not something to think about, someone to bow to. I want to engage. We're in the people business. I want to engage people. That's why people get married. The Lord established this. Where do wives come from? Genesis 2, look here in verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. I'm going to make him a help fit for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found an help meet for him, help fit for him. Do you see the picture of the Lord Jesus Christ here? This is a human being, Adam. This is a picture of Christ. That's why Adam came, for God's glory. These things, it wasn't fit for cattle and, and birds and all these things that mankind naturally seems to worship and adore to be a help for him, to be meat for him, to be a bride for him. It wasn't fit. And Lord God, verse 21, caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of the ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib, which the Lord God had taken from the man, made he woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man, not out of his foot, that way he would trample on her, and not out of his head, that way she could have rule over him. Out of his side, out of unity, oneness. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. You ever heard the law of first mention? The first time wife was ever mentioned on this globe, God was speaking of unity. Unity. And they shall be one flesh. Is that what it says? Verse 20, in verse 24. Verse 25. And they were both naked. Everything was exposed. The man and his wife. Both of them. And they were not ashamed. What's the first mention of a wife? Husband and a wife? Unity. What's the second mission? Mention, verse 25, in this context, sinlessness. Because of that unity, the bride's sinless. There's no shame. Nothing to be shamed about. <laughs> no spot, no blemish, no wrinkle, no nothing. Holy, unreprovable before him in love. That's all she was. That, that Lord set his eyes, his affection on his bride before time was. He saw us before we saw him. He knew us before we knew him. And he came to us, made himself irresistible to us and we cleave to him out of love not out of commandment not out of law not out of necessity out of love I remember the first picture I ever saw Kimberly Nicole I, I can tell you what she's wearing I can see it right now you was at a birthday party little did I know we was going to have a lot more birthday parties after that I laid my eyes on her I made myself appealing to her. I showed her the very best of myself. Second picture I ever saw of it was used at a swimming pool. Little did I know I was going to be spending a lot of my days at a swimming pool the rest of my life. 
I laid eyes on her. I swooned her. Lord laid eyes on his bride, and he swooned her. He swooned her. The Lord performed his very first public miracle. When he entered his public ministry at a wedding. At a we- you reckon weddings are important? You reckon the sanctity of marriage is more than a legal binding contract for medical benefits? Why do we get married? Why? Turn over Revelation 19. Here's the end of it. Revelation 19, verse 6. John writes here, I heard as it were, Revelation 19, 6. I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude and as the voice of many waters and as the voice of mighty thunderings saying, Hallelujah. For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Behold your God. The sovereign, almighty God that rules every molecule. I keep saying that over and over and over again, and I hope I get it as much as I hope you get it. Every molecule and person and thought and heart of every king and every governor and every (laughs) everything, every storm, every rocket, every bullet. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's on his throne. And they're saying, hallelujah. All flesh is grass. Behold, your God reigneth. That's good, isn't it? Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and he his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. She's robed in righteousness. And he saith unto me, write, write this down. That way, San Diego Grace Fellowship in Hamul, California, on October 8, 2023, can read it. This is important. How we handle God's words, how we handle God. Let's read it. Verse 8. I'm sorry, verse 9. He saith unto me, write, blessed are they which call are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are true sayings of God. God says this. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou doest not. I'm thy fellow servant. And of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. I'm just a preacher. Get up. What's wrong with you? I'm just telling you about this wedding. Telling you why people get married. Tell them why they're blessed. Worship God. Don't you worship me. Don't you worship a man. Don't you worship a dead man that used to preach God. You worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I've, there's always nut jobs throughout the world. They're prophesying this, and pro- especially the last couple of days, all that stuff going on. I bet they're turned up to 11. I bet they're geared up. These conspiracy. What was that tabloid, the National Enquirer? They used to have Elvis had a baby with an alien or something at the checkout when I was a little kid. That's just on the internet in everybody's hand now and people think that's real just nonsense but these prophecies people say oh that's what's going to happen that's what's going to happen what is prophecy God's word says it's the testimony of Jesus man stands on his hind two legs and tells you prophecy about stuff that ain't Jesus he's a false prophet 
That's not a prophecy. What did this preacher tell John? Hey, don't worship me. I'm telling you, worship God. <laughs> Look what he's done. And this, those are blessed that's at this wedding, wedding supper, this wedding of the Lamb. All this is a picture, isn't it? How does this affect us? We physically get married, don't we? There's people giving in marriage and left and right and center all around this world and throughout time. Lots of people get married. The Lord gave us this token of marriage to represent Christ and his bride. I want to say this as plainly as I can, and I really want you to get a hold of it. The gospel is not like a marriage. A marriage is like the gospel. Well, Kevin, you're just mincing words. No. How somebody words things, I try, we're going to word things wrong. That's going to happen, okay? <laughs> Don't chew on the briars, chew on the good stuff. But the preeminence is to God. Christ gets all the preeminence. You understand that? And so because he is our husband and we are his bride, we are given the token of marriage. That's important. A ceremony does not make something happen. It declares what's already done. You get that? When, when a husband and wife are joined together in holy matrimony. We made all them words up. <laughs> Man did. But when you, you stand up publicly professing a love that is already there. I hope you don't get married and then we'll fall in love later. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. But uh, You're publicly declaring a love and a unity that is already. Just like water baptism. God commands immersion in water baptism. <laughs> to his people, and they willfully obey, don't they? What do you do? That doesn't make, it's not a sacrament like taking the, those aren't sacraments. Getting that water doesn't physically do anything to you. You're publicly declaring a unity that's already taken place. I don't, I don't, think, we ought to get, I don't think we have to get baptized, Kevin. Do you have to get married? <laughs> well, I want to. I don't have to. <laughs> I want to declare to the world, I got a ring on my finger. It's a heavy one, too. If it falls off, I know it. She's got a ring on her finger. Walking down the street, people know I'm hers and she's mine. I am my beloved's and my beloved's mine. It's a public profession. If I was taking my ring off and hiding it, what would you think? You ever seen a movie or read a book ever? He's up to no good. <laughs> You'd get mad. <laughs> Y'all may not care. She would. Leave a house up my ring on. <laughs> It's just declaring what's already taken place, isn't it? That baptism doesn't make a person buried and risen with Christ, but it's a public declare of the love that's already there, that work that's already done. Now, Ephesians 5. Lord gave us, first time wife's mentioned, he gave us this picture of Christ and his church in, in, a, in marriage. It's not good for a man to be alone. Man needs help. He needs somebody to help him. He shows us that wedding supper at the end. We serve him. We his faithful servant. He's made us faithful. I, I want to do everything I can in my power for the glory of God and the furtherance of his gospel and the help and the betterment of his people. I want that. He has to walk in me. He has to do that. And I want to pray for him and the spirit has to make intercession for me. But I want those things. 
I want those things. Paul speaks here in Ephesians 5, verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Now, you will have to know something about the Lord first before you can submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he's the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. In the home, in the local assembly, in the body of Christ. These things ring true, don't they? Do everything you can to support, honor, care for, attend to, know your own husbands. Not a different husband on every day of the week. We get that? You ladies get that, don't you? You husbands get that. Whatever, your own husbands. I respected my father and I learned about my father because my mother told me so. She respected her husband that God gave her. The husband, he has to provide, he has to protect, he has to lead the home. And so you wives, you make sure you do everything you can to keep that house in order to make his job easier because you love him. That's your job. Paul told Titus in Titus 2, 2 verse 5, Be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that, here's the end state, the word of the Lord be not blasphemed. It's blasphemous to do something else. Y'all heard me say that. It's going to get, it's going to get better. Hold on. The second message is, is real good. You got to hang with me till the end. In the local assembly, that's the home. In the local assembly, if someone's listening in, I know there's a fellow driving through Tennessee tonight that might be listening to this. And he, he needs to hear it. And if the Lord raises up one of you young men to be pastors one day, you hear me. Submit, the local assembly, submit to your own husbands. Give ear to your own pastor. I just copied and pasted all this down. Give ear to your own, it's the same. Give ear to your own pastor, not a different one every day of the week. We get that in the home, don't we? Get it in here. The scriptures say, know them. Know them that preach to you. That, that pastor has to provide for you with the word of God. He has to bring home the bread. And you make sure your house is in order. And you do everything you can. That way all he has to do, do is just bring home the food and protect you and look after you. Titus 2.5 says to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, why? That the word of the Lord be not blasphemed for the body of Christ. His bride, the eternal church throughout time. I can tell this to, to Eve. <laughs> if I was there to preach to Eve and to whoever that last saint is at the end of time, it's called, called to glory. I can tell any of them. Submit to your own husbands, the Lord Jesus Christ, your kinsman redeemer. Not a different one every day of the week. To him alone, our kinsman redeemer. He's provided everything for us. He protects us. He defends us. He prays for us when we don't know what to pray. He leads us in paths of righteousness. He leads us by the still waters. So because of our love for him who first loved us, it's an honor. It is a privilege to serve Christ and to serve his people 
however we can. What a privilege, yet a simple thing, to be given the task of keeping his house in order. To preach his gospel, to sweep his floors. Maybe to be a doorkeeper in the house of God. Come on in. Thank you. Well, that wasn't much. It's a privilege. To be discreet. to be check- You see that applies to all, of, all three of them. Keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands. I want to do those things. That the word of God be not blasphemed according to his word. Submission and obedience. Be obedient to your husbands, submit to your husbands. That's considered hate speech in this decade that we're in. That's hate speech. That makes people flinch, don't it? There's people right now that won't go to a local assembly because they won't have some pastor get up there and tell them what to do. I'll just tell you, bow to God. That's what that one told John. <laughs> Worship God. I ain't going to have some fellow tell me that. Let me tell you what. There'll come a day you're going to have a man reign over you. It's a blessing if God makes you start ad- adhering to that now. You can't bow to a police officer. How are you going to bow to a holy God? He put that police officer there. Ain't you got a lick of sense in your head? What's wrong with you? You see this picture in the home, in the local church throughout time? <laughs> it's so, isn't it? You want liberty? I mean liberty. You want freedom? I like freedom. I fought for freedom. You fought for freedom. I like it. I like to do what I want. You want liberty? You want rest? I've worked hard and I've got tired. I like rest. You want peace in your home? God says, submit to your own husbands. Do you want liberty in Christ? Do you want rest and peace in your souls? Submit to the Lord. I have no rest. You submitted to the Lord. You come unto him, all you that labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Cast all your care on him. Cast all your care. We'll look at that next hour. Cast cast your burden on the Lord. Peter said that. He said, cast all your care upon him for he cares for you. Take it to him. Leave it there. That's the hard part. To live outside. Here's why we're going to get in trouble. (laughs) It's so. In the home. To live outside of the bounds of this union, this word of God in our homes, it brings a lot of unnecessary trouble, pain, and grief. I attest to it. To live contrary to the word of God in our homes brings unnecessary trouble, pain, and grief. I can tell you what that's what God's word says. I can tell you that's what I've experienced. I know it. I know it right now. To live outside the bounds of this union, this word of God in the local assemblies, it will bring a lot of unnecessary trouble, pain, and grief at best. At best. Eternally. That's a picture in the home. Husband and wife. That's a picture of the local assembly. The, the bride and the, and the husband. And that's a picture of God throughout time his, and his church. To live outside the bounds of his union. To live outside the bounds of his word. And, and or to submit to another either in part or in whole. To give ear to another. To rest in another. 
is a damnable heresy full of eternal woe and condemnation. That's awful kind to him, isn't it? Telling us and showing us in the home, telling us and showing us in the local assembly of the saints. We get it. If he's taught you that, you get it. I can say it and, and put it on a dry erase board in good flow format with bullet points and numbers and letters and subcategories and print it and copy it and laminate it and give it to you. He has to make it effectual in your heart. It's so. That's wives. Now, husbands. You that are husbands and you that might be husbands one day, you listen. Do you know why the wives are spoken to first throughout Scripture? I was over. We're the ones reading it. I think in, in, in the home, <laughs> we, have a, we have a harder job. But I'm a bride. I'm his bride. I'm the one reading this about brides. That's me. I'm a bride. Any man walking down the street that says that to me, he might need to see a dentist real soon. But spiritually, I am my beloved's and my beloved's mine. I'm his bride. Verse 25, Ephesians 5, 25. Husbands, that's where I know I ought to get in trouble. I failed miserably. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Well, how, what if a husband doesn't love his wife, doesn't know how to love his wife? He's going to have to know how Christ loved the church first before he can truly love his bride. That's just so. He might like her a whole bunch, or he might lust a whole bunch, but for a husband to truly love his bride, he primarily and first has to know the love of Christ towards his bride. Then he can love like Christ. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. That's real important too. That qualifies it. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that it should be holy and without blemish. So, after this manner, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself, the one. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourished it and cherished it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Isn't that what Adam said? Now this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. What was that a picture of? Well, this is how we conduct a wedding service. No. <laughs> we are members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. For this cause, because of that, shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Christ came down and joined himself to us, didn't he? He came to us. He left his father and married us. Set his affection on us. In the home, it's good instruction. It's instruction God gives. You men, you love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. What's that mean, Kevin? If she needs something, you lay down your life to provide it. I'm, not if she wants a Ferrari and a fancy yacht. I wish you wanted a yacht. I'd go get you one of them. But 
not, not just frivolous things. If there's a need, you lay down your life for her to provide it. If she's getting attacked, I made, I made her promise going on 17 years ago. I said, you'll never have to work a day in your life you don't want to. I'll look out for you. I'll defend you. I'll protect you and provide for you. I'm in it. How I failed. You men, you husbands, if your wife's getting attacked, you lay down your life to defend her. If she doesn't know what the future holds, take her by the hand and you gently lead her beside the still waters. I'm speaking only to believing husbands, not unbelieving husbands. You're the spiritual head of the family. If God's not just gave you knowledge, but if you understand the scriptures, you're the head of the family. Your primary God-given task is to keep your wife under the sound of the gospel. Second, your primary God-given task is to keep your children under the sound of the gospel. Third, it goes on. Your primary God-given task in, in third relationships or tertiary, I guess, is to keep those that you have influence over, that work for you, that, that live on your property, that, that live in your home, or neighbors, or whatever. Anything, anybody you have influence or especially if you own, if you own a house. Isn't that what Abraham did? In great measure, because Abraham was, God made him faithful, you and I have the gospel today. Through Abraham, his seed, we have Christ today, isn't it? He said, I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, that they shall keep the way of the Lord, to do justice and judgment. I, that's too much responsibility. Well, God gave it to you. I can't sustain that. No, you can't. He has to. The Lord had to do that work in Abraham just as he does us. But as a picture and, and, and as the means, the husband was the head of the family. Local assemblies. Lord calls one of you men to be pastor. You lay down your life to labor and to provide the bread that the Lord gave you. Night and day. I'm tired. It don't matter. I'm sick as a dog. It don't matter. You keep an eye open for the wolves that try to sneak in and divide and devour the sheep and sow discord and put question marks on things and have negative things to say that ain't according to the word of God. I, I can't help but laugh. Paul talks so plainly to Timothy. And, I, 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 and not that it's funny, but it's I've experienced it. I mean, he just said that as plain as you can say it. They gave him good instruction. You watch after them people, and you rebuke them sharply. They'd be sound in the faith. And if people come up with crazy wives' tales, don't even entertain that. And these endless questions. and Hush. I ain't here to play 20 questions. I'm here to preach the gospel. Now, there'll be some questions, but this ain't stump the chump. And in love and in tenderness, no matter if you're told how rough you are and how mean you are, in love and in tenderness, you take the reins and you lead the flock. That's the same. He said, you got, not that, it, the scriptures don't say they'll give you the reins whenever you get there. He said, you take them. Ain't nobody going to give up control. You take it in tenderness and kindness and according to the word of God. That's in the home. That's in local assemblies. And that's throughout time because that's what our Lord's done to us. 
he didn't come in and just beat us to death. And it felt like it, didn't <laughs> When he first showed us what sin was, oh, we cried out. He didn't show us at all. He didn't deal with us according to our sins. He was tender. He was long, just like Joseph. He, oh, he was so mean to him. No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. He was wise and tender. Verse 31. For this cause shall man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. That's what the Lord said of Adam and Eve. In Genesis 2, 24, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife, that they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, and they weren't ashamed. Verse 32 says, This is a great mystery, isn't it? But I speak concerning Christ and the church. <laughs> How am I going to have this in my mind to lay down my life for my, my wife? and to defend her with my life, and to provide for her, protect her, and lead her according to the Word of God. It's got to be because I know Christ, because of what He's done for me. And, and against adversity or support, or, or and that's just as bad. Uh, getting pumped up just as bad as getting deflated uh, being a pastor. It doesn't matter. Because of what He's done for us, He set His place like a stone. That's what i got to do. Because He's done it, isn't it? It's a picture concerning the love of Christ for his bride and his faithfulness. Why we get married? Why we stand up, people put on a suit and tie, and get dressed up real nice for weddings. And ladies wear dresses, don't they, to weddings, because it's an important event. If, if, they would, if they'd understand that's a wedding, a picture of Christ and his bride, it's real important. <laughs> it's just a, a token. To show us what he's done for us, what he is doing for us, and what he shall do for us. That's why we get married on this earth. How many people you reckon of it? Verse 33, nevertheless. This is verse 32. This great mystery. I speak concerning Christ and his church. Nevertheless, with all these things in mind, I just told you, with who he is and what he's done for us and where he is now, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as herself and the wife see that she reverence the husband. <laughs> Isn't that good? To, if you want a happy marriage, Lord's just plain. Uh, you men lay down your lives for your wives and your wives submit to your husbands. Why? Look unto the Lord that, you, that joined you together. You have to know him first. That's going to be the necessary thing. And he's revealed himself to us. That's what's amazing to me. <laughs> I know it's hard to see on the outside, but I'm amazed Kimberly married me. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I did pretty good. I married up. The Lord's married to us, and what a great husband we have. Let's pray together.